All right, everybody. I, uh, as you can probably tell if you hang around here very much, I am back home. Uh, you can tell by my little Beatles poster up here and Neil Young back there and soccer picture books, whatever. I'm back in my little uh, closet turned office. But uh, excited about what I want to talk to you about today. There's, We've been talking about, if you go back far enough, we've been talking about the triune brain. We've been talking, ultimately, what we talk about all the time around here is how to grab life by the throat, how to realize, recognize, embrace that most of what made us the, the people that we are, we had no choice in. We didn't get to choose our family. We didn't get to choose the early life experiences we had. We, there's just a lot about what creates the person that we are that we didn't have a whole lot of choice in. And, 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 and we, just, we're, we just make peace with that, sort of. But what we do is we take responsibility for what we're going to do with that. Like I like to say this to people, you know, you may not be responsible for the way you are, but you are responsible for changing the way you are. And, um, and it's a journey. It's, 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 gosh, the last thing in the world I ever want to do is make it look easy or quick, automatic, anything of that sort. So what we've been talking about is, I mean, if you, if you go over the whole three years-ish that we've been doing this, we talk a lot about spiritual stuff and the fact that we are spirit, soul, and body. And what we've been talking about for the last, I don't know, couple of months, really, is as I studied and worked with people for the 40 years I've been doing this, uh, you know, there's lots of spiritual things that are helpful and impactful and powerful. And then I, I, I kind of evolved into where I started to study psychology and, and you know, okay, there's more to this about understanding relationships and the, the, the principles uh, that, that guide them and, and help them to be strong and all. And then one of the frontiers that I landed on, I would say in the last, I don't know, five-ish years, maybe a little bit longer even, is it's almost like you could say it like this, spiritual stuff spirit, soul, and then body. And here's what I mean. What we've been talking about for the last little stretch is what I call or is called the triune brain. And the whole idea that that we we as Christians have had a hard time and been slow to acknowledge the impact and effect of the health of our brain, the operation of our brain, and the chemicals and electricity that that aid it in doing what it does. So where that's led us is some, some discussion of uh, adrenaline and the adrenaline cycle and adrenaline fatigue and all these kinds of things. And where that has led us to is this whole concept of, of Sabbath, meaning God, God designed us so he knows what works best and when, what to do, what rhythms and habits to cultivate to keep us operating at the best we're capable of. And, uh, and you know, I've been messing around with this for a while, so my perspective's a little bit different sometimes. And last week, we talked about Sabbath mindset in a Sabbath lifestyle. And what I want to do today is just kind of poke around with that. I want to go to a kind of a pretty cool scripture that, uh, that just kind of sneaks up on this in a... Uh, you know, in a pretty challenging way, I'm probably being nice in a pretty in-your-face way from God. But in Isaiah 30, verse 15, 
Uh, it's interesting that a few verses before that, up in verse 8, 9, 10, and 11, God points out the fact that the children of Israel at that time did not want prophets who spoke the truth. They wanted prophets who said what they wanted to hear. And uh, so it's that's the context of this scripture that we're about to read. So verse 15 of Isaiah 30 says this, For thus says the Lord God of Israel, the Holy One of Israel, in repentance and rest, and I'm going to just kind of chew on these for a moment with you, in repentance and rest, you will, you will be saved. Now let's play with the word saved for a minute. Oh, so if I repent and rest, I'll go to heaven when I die. Well, that's not exactly. The word saved is a broader, richer, deeper word than just accepting Jesus, missing hell, and making heaven. The word saved is a, is a comprehensive, life-wide, lifelong sense. Um, I remember years ago learning what we used to call the six-fold definition of sozo is the New Testament word for saved. But here's what, I, here's what I'm getting at. When you see the word saved anywhere in Scripture, see it as, yes, you're, you're born again, you're, you're, your sins are forgiven, and you're going to go to heaven when you die. But when you see the word saved, see it broader than that, deeper than that. Like the sixfold definition was saved, healed, delivered, prospered, protected, and made whole. So God, when, God, when the Bible says, you know, trust in the Lord with all your heart and you'll be saved, I, I like to think in this broad term. Now, when you go there, saved, healed, delivered, prospered, protected, made whole, that's, that's life-wide and lifelong. Point being, yes, when I accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior, I was saved. But I wasn't finished. The process, I wasn't finished. I, I've spoken lately and used uh, verses in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 22 through 24. And Ephesians 22 talks about putting off our old man. Verse 23 talks about being renewed in the spirit of your mind. And then 24 talks about putting on the new man. So you could say, put off, be renewed, put on. But the point I'm getting at is salvation, being saved. Yes, it's instant. But it's also progressive. Yes, it's complete in the sense that the moment I'm saved, I'm as saved as I'm ever going to be in the sense of my relationship to God. But, Saved, healed, delivered, prospered, protected, made whole. No, that's, that doesn't happen in an instant. So when you, whenever you hear like a verse like this, in repentance and rest, you will be saved. It doesn't mean, oh, that it takes all that for you to get Jesus in your heart and whatever. But this broader definition of salvation, I, I, I want to... I want to have healthy emotions. I I want to have healthy relationships. I want to uh, I want to be, do, and have everything that God wants me to be, do, and have. I, I want to have an amazing marriage. I want my wife and I to live well, financially and physically, and all that. And my kids and kids and all that kind of stuff. And my friends, you, 
but, but, but the point is, that's what I hear when I hear, in repentance and rest, you'll be saved. In, in, in repentance and rest, you will gradually come into all that salvation contains promises and can and will deliver, but not instantly and automatically. All right? That's kind of what I'm trying to say. So, repentance and rest. Let me read the rest of it. In repentance and rest, you will be saved. In quietness and trust is your strength. But you were not willing. Here's the deal, guys. All through Scripture are all the little nuggets and promises. If you do this, you can walk in this. If you don't do this, you'll avoid that. I mean, the Scripture's... The scripture's loaded with if-then kind of propositions. Here's one that's simply saying, and again, I'm not saying it's the last word, the only word, but it's a pretty big one, particularly in the time uh, of, of history that we live in, in the particular cultural struggles that we struggle with. And I'm not referring to, you know, the, the last 18, 24 months of COVID and whatever. I'm, I'm talking about the the culture of speed and and un, unrestfulness that we live in. So here's what God's saying. In repentance and rest, you will come into the fullness of salvation. In quietness and trust is your strength. You know what he says? But you were not willing. That's what the verse says. In repentance and rest, you'll be saved. In quietness and trust is your strength but you didn't want it, but you didn't want it. And it goes on to say, no, we'll, we'll trust in horses. And he says, okay, great. I'll make sure that the people that are chasing you have fast horses. In other words, if you're going to trust in something other than me, it's not going to work. And I don't think God's like, get out of here. But I, I, I jokingly say this. I think there's times when he says, well, here, uh, take my card and call me when you get tired. Because when you pursue your own solution your own way, you're going to get really tired. All right, so what I want to do for the next couple of weeks is we're continuing to build on triune brain, Sabbath, and all that kind of stuff. But I want to talk to you about the relationship between legitimate things that you need and want, desire, and you're trusting God to bring them to you, provide them for you, and the relationship trust has to your ability to live a restful life. So we're going to talk more about that as we go these next few weeks. And uh, I so appreciate you hanging in there with me. And uh, you guys are a blessing to me and my wonderful wife. And uh, we feel your love. We feel your honor. And uh, just showing up uh, just rewards us. Just you showing up. All right? Love you guys. See you next week.